Welcome to Coaching with Jamie, your dose of coaching from a leadership view. Whether you are a teacher leader, district leader, technology coach, instructional coach, or building leader, this podcast is for you. With a background in instructional technology and media, as well as educational leadership, I use my middle ground instructional coaching role to open conversations around practices we face daily in education. So if you find something valuable here, like, share, and subscribe to continue the conversation. Today we are in episode three where I am super excited because we are going to be talking all things feedback. And I'm super excited because I'm not alone today. I have a guest with me today. Today I want to welcome Dr. Thania Oyer to the show. Um, Dr. O, welcome. And for those who don't know a little bit about you or don't follow you in any way, can you share a little bit with us about who you are and what you do? Yes, of course. Well, I started in education over 20 years ago in Puerto Rico. That's where I'm from, and that's where my accent is from, if you're wondering. I am Hispanic, and I actually started teaching pre-K, and I quickly moved into elementary. So I did pre-K and then jumped into three, four, five, and I did that for two years before moving to Florida. So once I got to Florida, I worked in Orange County, which is one of our biggest counties there. And then I moved to Polk County, where I had the privilege of being a teacher, then an ISD, which is an instructional support teacher, which is what we now call coaches, before moving into an assistant principal role. So I've done a little bit of everything. And then I left being an assistant principal to be a virtual teacher for Florida Virtual School. And from there, I moved to the district level to be a district literacy coach. And then finally, now I am a virtual coach at the virtual school. So I have done a little bit of everything. So I have experience from many points of views. And the interesting thing is that when I went into coaching, because I had been an assistant principal previously, I defaulted to that role. So it took me a while to learn how to coach and now how to be and administrators for the teachers. So I think I finally found my niche and my group in it, and I truly, truly love it. Well, that is quite an extensive background for sure. And, um, you know, I, I love that you said when you had switched from that administrator piece back to the coaching piece, that that was a real reflective time because we talk a lot in coaching about those two roles and how different they mm -hmm. are. Uh, there are a lot of overlaps, but certainly it is a very different role. And so you do bring a wealth of knowledge from both sides. I do, I do. When I first came into coaching, I think it, I came into coaching accidentally. That's how I think of myself. I'm the accidental instructional coach because I really wanted to go back into admin, but there were no admin openings. So I said, okay, I can coach. And it turns out that I couldn't. So those first six months were really, really hard for me as a coach because I was defaulting to what I knew. So it took me that summer just to say, okay, if I'm going to coach, how can I do it well? And then started listening to people and started reading about it and then just developing into that coach role, which I didn't have previously because I had been in admin. Even when I was an ISC, which is the instructional support teacher, my goal was to be an admin. So you're doing different things and different tasks. You're really supporting rather than coaching. But when you coach, then you you have to do that. You have to be that person that brings the best in teachers all the time. 
Yeah, we have a very similar background there because I, you know, I am certified in educational leadership and I absolutely could could be applying. And in my episode two, I actually hit on the, the this year where, you know, we had more jobs opening for administrators than ever. And it was a time where I had a moment where I had to really think about it. And I wanted to stay as a coach. I'm not ruling out the administrator side. Uh, I just know that there's so much to learn in this coaching piece Mm -hmm. that until I feel like, you know what, I've got this side, you know, solid, that I don't have to rush into that administration side. I I do want to kind of sit still here and see what kind of impact I can have in this role. Because if I end up being an administrator who has a coach, I want to be able to have seen the the impact a coach can have on both sides. And, and that's huge. But um, today, let's jump into our feedback conversation, because I am super excited about that. Um, I just have you know, a few thoughts today that we're going to chat about. And, and feedback is a big deal. We talk about that in education pretty consistently. And because we both come from a background of coaching and administration, I think this is going to be a great conversation. Um, but just just from your perspective, whose role is feedback in schools? And are there different types of feedback based on who might be providing it? I've changed my vision on feedback a little bit since becoming a coach. And I'm going to explain that a little. In my experience, feedback has evaluative connotations. We tend to think about positive and negative feedback. I'm doing well and I'm hitting those effective and highly effective criteria or I'm unsatisfactory and I need improvement. So every time we come to feedback, that's really what teachers are looking for. And we can even throw developing in there. That's like a low end too. And in my district, we're currently using developing for teachers coming into the profession who are developing their skills. So because it is seen as evaluative, at least in my experience for most people, feedback is evaluative. Even I, when I receive feedback, I'm like, did I did a good job? Okay. Then you come to that end and it's not about growth. It's about where am I right now? And did I meet the expectations? So in that respect, uh, we usually receive effective and highly effective feedback. We relish, like we love it. That's what we want to hear. That's the feedback that we want. If we don't get it, we get upset. We even argue and talk to our fellow colleagues. Hey, I didn't get highly effective. I don't know what I did. And we get mad. So evaluative feedback is something that administrators, in my opinion, are the ones who have to do that. On the other end, I think what coaches do is that they give responses. And I'm going to explain that. Coaches are not evaluators. I think that that's one of my favorite things once I realized I was a coach is that I don't evaluate everyone. Okay, so I don't have that weight on my shoulders as a coach. So I can really work with the teachers. You know, they're cupcakes and we're talking about the sprinkles on their cake and what are we going to do differently to enhance their practice. So for that, I think that we cannot allow teachers to perceive us as evaluators. And in that respect, and maybe you have something to say about this, when coaches are moving into admin tasks, you kind of go into that role because your vision is differently. You're thinking about the school as a whole and all of these other concepts, whereas where you're just a coach, uh, you're really giving responses to the teaching. Um, you see, a response is like a conversation. As coaches, we respond to the teaching that we see and we tell the teachers facts. Okay, I went into the classroom. I visited your classroom. This is why I observed. This is what the data shows. 
And then we allow the teacher to enter that conversation and we build their skills. So that way the term is not seen as evaluative. And we can give different types of responses. Um, we can be obviously positive responses, everybody loves that. But I like specific responses. And that's when we focus on conversation on the one task that we want to develop. And obviously if you're giving a response, you have to work on it. It's a trial and error thing because we're usually thinking about you did well, you did great, or oh my God, that bombed. And that's seen as evaluative. So we have to practice our language so that when we step into the process of working with our coaching language, we're really talking to teachers about their teaching and they don't perceive us in that evaluative place. I completely agree. And, and I know when I go in for my evaluative part of my, what well, here in Georgia is called TEKS, um, and I know what that conversation sounds like with my administrator. So my goal is never to make the conversation I have with the teacher sound equitable in any way. And I think if you're a coach, you've been sitting in that position where you are sitting with your administrator and you're getting your evaluation. You have to say, does this sound anything like what I'm saying? And if it is, then, then you're not carrying out that coaching piece. You're, you're absolutely right in that. And I think that the key is you know, that reflective element of acknowledging what is the conversation I'm having with these, these teachers these teachers, and how are they going to perceive what I'm saying to them? And I know that, you know, when I am with those teachers, I want to have it be so conversational. I want to have you tell me what you're seeing and uh, what you're thinking. And, and then backwards, I, I, I saw that as well. Um, is there any, you know, I want those convers that to be more conversational feedback. Um, I do want teachers to be able to ask me questions uh, and be able to give them honest feedback. But as you pointed, that also needs to be data driven and not be my personal opinion about you. So I think that coaches can often get caught in this feedback because they don't want to sound evaluative, but they also don't want to be have that opinion element. So that's where the good data, as you pointed out, comes in for sure. Um, I think that that is definitely the key. Um, so what are some ways that you think that coaches and leaders uh, can address feedback with teachers and how do you prepare for those feedback sessions to go effectively? I have worked in both of these roles as a leader in the school setting and then as a coach. So as an assistant principal, I tried to make sure that I was just not giving somebody feedback. I never wanted somebody to come into my office at the end of the year and surprise, here you are. This is what I saw throughout the year and this is your final exam rating. Uh, I like to think about formative assessment in the same way that we ask teachers to work with students throughout the year uh, to see where they're at and to meet their needs. Then we need to do that as administrators also throughout evaluation so those visits become key I was in classrooms all the time. Uh, they actually had to call me to the office because I was out there in classrooms. They knew I was jumping from classroom to classroom all morning. I left them notes. I invited them to my office. I asked questions. I actually, if I didn't understand something, I said, hey, I saw you do this. What happened? Or, hey, I noticed that this student was off task. How are you addressing that? That way we could have that conversation throughout the year. And it was a piece of the evaluation because at the end, then it becomes holistic. This is what we discussed the whole year. And this is where we discuss 
help was needed or assistance was needed, or even where I asked you to work with a coach and then did that happen or did that not happen? That way, when the end of the year came, they kind of knew where they were at and then that became easier. And of course, you always want to give those effective and highly effective. Uh, that's where you want teachers to be. And in order to do that, then you have to build them through the year. I don't think it's fair to get to the end of the year and then teachers are like, oh my goodness, what happened? What wasn't I told? Now, as a coach, I give responses. So I give responses every time I walk into a classroom. I never let my response sit more than 48 hours. So as soon as I can get to that teacher, the better because then it's still hot. Like they still remember what happened in the classroom. And I think that for that discussion, I always bring in artifacts. So even as I'm leaving, classroom i kind of pick a notebook or if there were graphic organizers that they were done i kind of pick the best not the poorest right and say hey can i take this one and then that becomes the artifact for the conversation and that allows us to have a robust conversation of what happened so you have the sample of student work the notes you took throughout the classroom visit and then i was trying to plan the resources ahead of time because you kind of know in the back of your head what needs to be worked on so i don't want to come to the end and say oh my goodness yes i have this resource i'll send it to you later uh so i kind of figure out where can this conversation go and then alternatives for that and i have them ready to go so that i don't have to say i'll get back to you on that and then i might forget or it might come too late but in either case the conversation even if as a leader as a principal or as a coach it should happen just as soon as you can get to that teacher after that classroom visit. Yes, and and I agree. And I believe last year, you know, it was such a tricky year and everything was complicated. And um, I know I had done an, uh, an like I was in, I was um, looking at some work and working with a teacher and then that teacher was quarantined. <laughs> and so I was like, well, there goes that. Um, you know, last year we had to just roll with the punches. It, yes, by the time yeah. I got off the 14-day quarantine, I didn't even remember what had happened. It was just one of those moments where you had to go, you know what? It is what it is. But you're right. That quick turnaround is huge for both of you. Because mm -hmm. as a coach, I, as you're, you're right, I am in and out of classrooms all day. And between, I'm in middle school, so I'm between six through eight, maybe in our connections hallway. So I left you and I took good notes, but then I went somewhere else and was doing something else with another teacher. And so to keep that fresh, it's, it's so important to be able to get together and discuss what what took place but you're right i think the other thing you said that it was big to me was you go in kind of knowing what you're you're going to be looking for or what you're going to need and the resources you're going to need and i think that comes from relationships i think when you know your staff when you know how they teach what they teach uh their style of teaching where they are whether they're a veteran teacher or a new teacher whether they've jumped from a, one grade level to another and these are brand new standards if you have all of those things and you're equipped with all those things you really can go in with with an understanding of you know things i'm going to be looking for is you know as classroom management have we got to check on that uh do they know the standards if they've if they're new or they've never taught that content I know a lot of my new teachers have done great in emailing me and saying, hey, can you get me the, the standards I'm going to teach, which is wonderful. <laughs> but yeah. I already know with those teachers that they're they are 
spending their summer learning the standards. They're going to be in a very different place than my veteran teachers who've been teaching those standards for years. So I'm going to go into those classrooms already knowing, um, is there something I need to do or do I need to connect them to the veteran teacher who knows these standards really, really well as the coach uh, and, and give them that kind of feedback, give them that feedback that I see you're, you, you're working so diligently to learn these standards. I would love to partner you with this veteran teacher and give them that kind of feedback that would guide them to be with someone that um, is actually teaching that. And those are the things that I think that hit my radar because I'm already in back to school mode, like emails are coming in and I'm answering them because I start back to work Monday. So my brain's already, already there, but definitely very, very I, good. I always think about, can I outsource this? Because you see, I'm not an expert at everything. There's some things that I'm not a master of. So who is and can I can I outsource this coaching piece to that teacher, to that model classroom, to someone who can really help this teacher shine in that respect, somewhere where we can go. And that way, you're not trying to do everything or pretend that you know everything, but you have all of these teachers that, and even because you're using them and you use them as models, they're more likely to come to you for something else because you're allowing them to shine in what they're good at. I agree. You got to find those jewels and you got to utilize them. That's definitely part of the game. All right. So the last question I have for you is, do you have a specific example of a time that you gave feedback and some impact that came from that? I have a recent example from this March, April. That's where our big evaluation happens at Florida Virtual School. And this year, our rubric changed. And like I said, I don't like to give evaluative feedback, but they are going to be evaluated and they want to do a great job, right? So we're going to talk about that rubric, but I'm not the one who's going to give the evaluation. So in this example, a fifth grade teacher and I met for planning. I think that that's key. She came for the planning piece. It, it wasn't like an after, what did I do? What can I change? It started with the planning and she wanted to create an escape room virtually to use as an enrichment lesson. And that sounds pretty cool, right? But when we started talking, I asked her, what is the instructional purpose? And she's like, well, I want them to be engaged. I'm like, yes, and that's great. But what are the instructional pieces? What are we teaching? And she's like, well, what do you mean? We're going to go through an escape room and then they're going to create a planet. And I'm like, that's super cool. Creating a planet is awesome. What's the instructional purpose? And that took through her out of bed because she just wanted the idea of I'm going to create an engaging lesson. That's what she was focusing on. This is going to be an escape room and the kids are going to love it and it's going to shine. And that's great, but you actually need an instructional task for it. So it took a lot of us getting together and looking at what had to be taught in the, at that fifth grade level about planets and about sustaining life in a planet. Uh, so then we were able to together work on creating those escape room tasks that would eventually become an exit activity where the students created their planet, show them and explain why life could be sustained as. So we had to work through the rubric and we had to work through the rubric together. So when I'm working with rubrics for evaluation, we teach and as really important because they're going to get feedback on that from the administrators. I always start at the effective level 
because it's less frustrating. Okay, you can assume that a teacher who comes to you for help is usually not unsatisfactory. So let's just start at the effective level and let's see if we meet those requirements with our lessons and then how can we boost them up? And then is the teacher saying, here's where I'm at, this is what I can do. So you're working through that process with them so that when they are evaluated, when they receive that feedback, uh, it's not a surprise. They actually made the choices of what they can and what they can do as they were planning. And then they are in a position to defend their practice. And I think that that's important too, that as coaches, we're giving them the tools for them to explain their instructional choices and what they chose to go in one way rather than another. And that conversations is sometimes different too, as they're working with the administrator in that feedback, being able to support and defend your practice is crucial for them to understand what happened in the classroom because they, administrators are usually not involved in that process. So again, while I'm working with the teachers through that process, and in this case with the fifth grade teacher, it is tricky because I want to avoid talking in evaluative evaluation terms, but we're gonna use the rubric to develop the lesson. So our conversation has to walk through that process. So I think that the beauty of this piece was that we plan I worked with her on that and then I was able to visit the lesson because this was virtual. I was able to see the recording. Okay. And so we had the full recording and then we sat down and discussed what happened in the classroom. So we talked data, were the expectations met, were they not met? And if this class, if this lesson has to happen again, what are you going to do in the future? Okay. Because that's where that next step happens. How do I need to change either the way I taught or whether I need to change the task to support the students in meeting their learning goal. And she was so excited because she did so well that she talked to everybody about me. So I had a full calendar through April of everybody wanting to have that coaching piece. And I understand that we can't always go with every teacher that in depth and that is okay. But if you can do the one, the two, the three in a semester, and then that becomes your advertisement because you're out there trying to get to teachers and trying to coach them and trying to say, this is the work that I do. But when they see it happen, they are the ones who in fact bring that as a natural outcome of the work. So the teacher was successful and that word of mouth advertisement was great for me as a coach. Uh, and to see that they're actually moving forward because that's what you want teachers to do. You want your responses to move them forward in their teaching capacity. Yes. And I think, you, you know, that that's the big thing, the, the world of word of mouth, right? You were getting that that teacher to tell a peer that what we did was worthwhile. And I think that my big aha just from last year was that if teachers see you working with only new teachers, mm -hmm. then your veteran teachers, your teachers who are comfortable in their practice, they perceive well, that's the coach and coaches work with those who are struggling, those who really do need feedback because they are new or they are in a second career or they. And so my big goal, uh, just because last year was so crazy um, and it really was fit, fitting in where I could based on who was physically in the building on any given day. Yeah. But my big goal this year is being able to get with a veteran teacher and have that veteran teacher then share that because that's the winning ingredient right there. The veteran teacher who says, I've been doing this for a while and working with Jamie was effective, 
right? This was beneficial for me. And if you can get that veteran teacher to do that as, as you did, then you do win as the coach because you're not, you're not having to sell what you do. They are sharing how working with you was beneficial and that that's huge. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping I can get some more of those veteran folks this year um, in my wheelhouse, just based on the fact that I think we're all going to be there. We're all going to be face to face and it looks like things are going well. So that's, that's, that's everybody's yeah. back and still their favorite in yes. All right. Well, I am so glad that we had this conversation today and I know it's going to be beneficial for so many people. Um, before we go, tell us where we can find you social media and otherwise, how do people connect with you? You can find me on Instagram. That's like where I'm usually hopping at at Oyer and that's O-L-L-E-R Edu Company. And then that will be the name of my website It's coming out in August. And that's right when I'm launching my book coaching by design so i will let you know more about that jamie in the future see if you want to read that oh i'm excited yes um i interestingly enough was digging through old files you need to clean out your drive during the summer and i found a book that i started like 10 years ago it was super fun to read <laughs> it was like a chapter but like it was super fun to read because it was just a great reflection of where i was 10 years ago and what i was thinking about so um you know, obviously book aspirations 10 years ago, they just didn't go very far. So yes, definitely. Um, I will definitely look for that book and, um, and super excited for you with the website and book coming. But, um, you know, they do say that, um, good things must come to an end, but they do not. The conversation can always continue. Um, make sure you're staying connected on Instagram and Facebook. You can find me at coaching with JV and don't forget to subscribe and get notified when there are new episodes. You can find me on Spotify, Podbean, Amazon music, Apple podcasts, or Google podcasts. And, um, that's it for today. So thank you again for joining me. I am so excited. And I know people will find some great value in what you had to share. Um, have a great rest of your summer and enjoy your virtual coaching. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hope to do more with you. Absolutely. Bye all.